Epic gumdrop. Sweeter than finding a bunch of mana in the back of your fridge. No, wait, that's hummus. Hello, Jeff. Hello, James. Very formal. <laughs> hello, hello, person sitting. Oh, there you are. I didn't want to get the name wrong of the person sitting across from me. As that a, would be embarrassing, and then you'd have to stop the podcast and start all over. I've again. never done that. No, not. I can't think of one example of that happening. No, never. So today we were thinking of talking about uh, CCGs and LCGs. CC. That's a lot of letters. That's a lot of no, Jeff. A lot of letters is what I'll give in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Collectible card games and living card games. Mm-hmm. Um, we've played living card games. I, I avoided collectible card games yes. forever because I thought that seems like a terrible idea. Right. And then know that I've never played Magic. Yeah. I had the good fortune of uh, meeting Mike Elliott a few weeks ago at a toy thing. Mm-hmm. And he was explaining something to me. He says, well, yeah, have you played Magic? And I said, as of last week, because <laughs> I got a child to teach me Magic. <laughs> Because I guiltily had always avoided it yeah. like the plague and then realized I just need to understand the mechanics of design of magic. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. But you have more of a history of yeah. CCGs. Yeah, I, I played magic in the pre-internet days, way back when it when it very first came out. I would go to bookstores and buy cards. That's that's where it was at the time. And, uh, and uh, I enjoyed it for the two years I played it. Hmm. give or take but i got burned out for sure that was in the early early days that was like like yeah the the very first cards so yeah, yeah. what what burned you out on it uh the, the buying more it was yeah. the buying more it's just it's 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 an addiction for sure it's hard to you know see your the people you play against they pulled something awesome from a pack and your pack had nothing good in it and uh, you're trying to build certain colors and you're never getting the right cards. And it's just was fun, but frustrating. Hmm. Yeah. I'd say that was it. Plus there was, it was a small group really of people that I was playing against back then. Right. So there wasn't a lot of diversity of, of players. The community hadn't exploded here. There yet. wasn't really a community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, it seems to be now. That's yes. for sure. So there's, outside of the collectible card game and the, the, the living card game, mm-hmm. as it's known as now, I'll just give the glossary. As I was looking through, looking up these to give a bit of comparison, I was like, oh, when will the acronyms end? There's CCGs, TCGs, LCGs, EX, uh, or XCGs, ECGs, not, not the other ECG, uh, the CDG, the DBG. So it's yeah. dice, living, expandable, expendable, self-destruct. I, there's so many things going yes. on. Basically, you've got random collectible systems yeah. and fixed game systems. Yeah. Essentially, the two. Yeah. One where you're buying packs where you don't know what you're getting and another where you know exactly what's in the box. And I think uh, Magic probably being, Magic or Pokemon being the best examples of the, the collectible yeah. side of things. And then the living side of things, I think... As of now, Fantasy Flight kind of owns that space. Kind of, yeah. There's other people, mm-hmm. which we'll probably touch on, but I mean, they really have dominated that idea yeah. um, and been the, the people who've done the most work on the conversion between, or converting fans, I guess, between the two systems. Right. Um, so I guess we'll kind of touch on why the one became the other through the course of this whole mm-hmm. thing as we look at kind of, yeah, what what are the, why should you go play one or the other. So first off, I guess, why should we go and play a living game? 
What's, right. what's the benefits of an LCG? Yep. So for you, what, what do you feel like some of, uh, I think, uh, the appeal for me, um, like I, st- like Doomham would be my first, hmm. uh, living card game type which means it's an ecg but for for ease of <laughs> reference we'll just refer to everything yeah it's a yeah it's a living game um yeah i i liked the idea that uh yeah you get all the cards right so you're not you're not at a competitive disadvantage right away hmm. um i like that uh all all of the available deck building options are open to me right away you get the expansions and you can start building with those cards you don't have to worry wait for oh i need another copy of this card to come right no you've got it already yeah um so those were i think the two that appealed to me most was just uh having everything right away hmm. and yeah no so no rares that yeah. was that was one thing i thought was nice mm-hmm. that you okay i need I can have three or four copies of that thing in my deck. Yep. But I am not going to have to go and buy and buy and buy till I get enough exactly. to make that or, happen. Or trade or or uh, buy it by you know an open copy from somebody. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the fixed cost. I like mm-hmm. that you knew. Okay, every month I'm going to drop down. You know, whatever it is, ten to fifteen dollars, depending. I think they sold it originally as about ten bucks. We're in Canada, so pricing is a little different here. Yeah. But so I don't know. Yeah, ten to fifteen bucks, probably. Yeah, in that range for you know a good sixty cards per month. Yeah, it's, and it's going to give you some options. Exactly. And everyone will have the same one. So mm-hmm. when you go to game night, everybody's pulling out the exact same cards. Exactly. So, yeah. Which good and bad. There's a lot of them being published. I think that's a that's a huge one now. Like there's so many systems. Even Fantasy Flight puts out. I think it was seven. Plus, yeah. then they got the new Game of Thrones coming out soon. There's a lot of good systems to get into, and it's yeah. hard to play CCG or LCG. It's hard to play more than one system, really. Yeah, you, you tend to gravitate towards one or the other. It's There's a lot of memorization mm-hmm. and things involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they've got a good foothold in that market. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, yeah, with the licenses or themes of the different games, there's something for everybody. It's appealing, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the big selling points that um, Fantasy Flight had was that it'd be easier to find opponents because everybody has the same sets. The playing, you know, the playing yeah. field is leveled. Um, I'm not sure if this is true. Like, if you mm-hmm. want to go, say, do you know, uh, play a game on a Friday night? Yeah, because you're probably playing Magic. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing they, that. They did such a good job of marketing mm-hmm. Friday Night Magic that, yeah, that's just it's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna have Friday Night Netrunner. No. So it's no, and you're not going to show up at midnight on release day of a new Netrunner expansion <laughs> no. and play that either, right? So yeah. uh, I think um, definitely Magic rules the competitive the competitive circuit. Yeah, I, yeah. I that thing I went to had a Fantasy Flight uh, competitive event going on, mm-hmm. and it it was, seemed healthy. It yeah. seemed like people were you know really into it, and they I I think it's still in its early stages in many ways. Right. They definitely. They know how to market. Like mm-hmm. they're very slick in the mm-hmm. way that they um, sell it to the fans, and that they've done a good job of the system. So it it doesn't. It's not hurting. I mean, it's only snowballing really at this point. I think. Right. Um, but again, yeah, I don't know if that's. You know, there's certain factors that seem to be things that people might not like. Yeah, it's a little weird for the stores as well with the um, the LCGs or the uh, the. Expandable games, yeah. Because like, uh, yeah, e- AEG put out a uh, organized play kit for Doomtown, and uh, Netrunner has a lot of organized play kits that the stores can order. But 
it's different than magic. With magic, you go, hey, guys, show up, pay some money, mm. and play in a tournament, here's the prizes, and the store's making money. Yeah. Right? Whereas with the living card games and the, the play kits, they have to pay money for the prizes, mm. right, above and beyond. Right. And that's costing money. Yeah. So it's not as easy to recoup the money. So I think that's why stores don't put as much into organized play yeah. for the living card games as they do for the uh, the magic ones. Because when people show up at even just a casual magic tournament with no no prizes hmm. and no cost of entry, yeah. they're going to buy boosters. Right. Right. Whereas once you've sold somebody the core set of Netrunner yeah. and they've bought the expansions, that's it. Unless right? you have doing, to wait till the next month. They do the draft pack. Um, yeah. But unless you're doing like a, a kind of semi-competitive thing, you know, or like mm-hmm. small level competitive stuff, you're not, it's not that big of a sell either. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a hard one. Yeah. No, that's, um, so the, yeah, the organized, I, yeah, I don't know. Cause I, I was talking to the game store lady here that are near, near us about, you know, is there many people playing Netrunner? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, there are, but it's not, uh, organized as much as you see with the yeah. other stuff. Like they... I think they tried to hold some events, but the turnout was so-so. And right. Yeah, it's it's they're there, but everybody's hiding in their basements. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I think if you if you live in a community that has a great turnout for these living card games, yeah. then you're in the best you're in the best of both worlds. Yeah. You can you can keep up on the the expansions and play with them, and you know what your costs are going to be, and you can have fun. But yeah, if you're in a community like ours where they're just it's just not as organized as you would like, and the turnout's not as good as you would like. Yeah, it's harder to play, or you don't want to travel an hour yeah. into the the yeah. main part of the city to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think one of the uh, the big factors that um, I kind of like about LCGs that I think is also for some people a negative is that uh, the planned obsolescence of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like with Netrunner, they're already you know we. I, that's the one, the main one I play is Netrunner, mm-hmm. and you know the planned obsolescence. You know when certain um, series of packs are going to get phased out. Right. They've posted it on their website. Here, here it's coming, and you've got, but you've got a long runway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's exactly short. Or you've got uh, the, a Game of Thrones that's going into its second edition. That was a, you know, that went on for what thirteen years yeah. or something. So I mean, that had a that's a robust game with a yep. big run. And they're not going to be, it's not like it's uh, an expansion. It's a whole new, let's start it up from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd be interested to hear from people how they feel about that. I don't know if you were committed to that series, if it had played itself out. Right. And if you were also willing or interested in, in starting again. Mm-hmm. That seems like that might be a bit. That's a big ask. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas somebody like me, I looked at that series and went, nope. Yeah. But now I'm looking at it going, eh, I might give the base set a go. Yeah. Because it's now a viable thing. Same with Call of Cthulhu. I, I looked at that and went, oh my God, like, that's just so big. I don't, I want to try it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, I, there's already like 1600 plus cards in the pool. I don't know if I want to spend and go there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could just play the base game, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful part of those yep. systems. Yep. The base game, even Netrunner, we played dozens of games. Yeah, so you're never gonna really. Yeah, if, if wear you look them at out. it like a like a board game, mm-hmm. the the base games of any of those, and you just buy it to play on game nights and teach your friends, you're gonna get your money's worth out of them for sure. 
Yeah. So that's nice. That's a, kind of an, a smart advantage in some ways with the system is that the base game plays so well and there's so yeah. much like Netrunner, you've got so many possible character or, you know, faction mm-hmm. interactions between, so you can play the game so many different ways mm-hmm. and then you could just go, meh, I'm done. But unlikely, more likely yeah. you'll go, I really like this game now that I've played it out this many times and I want more. I think Netrunner has that advantage over even the other um, games of that type, the living mm-hmm. card games, in that it, because it's asymmetrical gameplay, mm-hmm. e- even uh, once all of the factions have been used, if you start running the other side, right, then you get a different experience right there. It's true. Right. So it's almost twice as much game as opposed to like Doomtown, where you have four factions that play differently, but yeah. you know, once you've played all four factions, you've played all four factions, uh, as opposed to I was running, and now I'm the corporation. Is that what they are? That, yeah. And that's yeah. my experience is that I'm my kid always likes to be corp, so yeah. I'm always running. Yeah, and so I my I've lousy experience as a corporation. So yeah, one day I'll get good at that. Yep. Um, with the Doomtown, with their expansions, are they adding? How does it change the game? Um, they've done well uh, with the. Uh, they started adding different um, types of magic hmm. already, and the um, they added updated um, faction cards, so you have two options for each faction okay. now. Uh, and the next expansion coming up, uh, the next big one's going to have um, f- uh, two new factions in it as well. Hmm. So there's definitely a lot of variety. I mean, I know um, it's a fun game to deck build in. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy well, being able to I probably those... spent as much time deck building as I have actually playing the game now at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's a ton of fun to be able to... Um, build the decks in it because there's a lot of different things you can do now even within the factions themselves. Hmm. So when you start a game and you see that faction card across from you, you're not... When the base was just the base set, you kind of had an idea of what the strategy was going to be based on the faction card. Right. And the game's already at the point where you see the faction card and you're like, "Uh, okay, they might be doing this, they might be doing that. So you have to be ready for more strategies. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's like Netrunner. Yeah. In the, the, the second cycle, it's just boom, a whole other metagame mm-hmm. starts coming out and yeah, radically shifts the whole thing. And I guess that's the same, must be the same with magic as well, where the metagame is constantly shifting. Yeah. I would, I, I know it was back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see how it could stay. I don't see exactly. Um, so, what are some of the things um, that people might not like? I mean, I guess the, if you have a real kind of, OCD for collecting, mm-hmm. it might not be tickled the same way, or it might be. Yeah, I, I, I don't guess know. The, the upside if you have that OCD is uh, it's easy to get everything. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but you don't get the sense of accomplishment of tracking right. down that last piece you needed, <laughs> right? So it's it sort of, I guess it tickles a different part of the brain that you way. You don't have to sell any organs. There's just yes. not the same level of, man, you know, I, got, I paid a kidney for this card. Look at it yeah. in my glass case, guys. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know that. I mean, I, I don't know that I felt any, yeah. If I, if you didn't want to go past the, the base mm-hmm. set, you didn't have to, and you didn't feel you still had a fun game mm-hmm. and it didn't, yeah, it didn't feel like a, didn't especially feel like a cash grab. Yeah. Uh, and the variability is nice and yeah, I know I'm, I've been actually quite happy with it as a system. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, I've also liked, you know, getting my feet into magic. Yeah. I, I don't think I would collect it in the same way, but I totally see the appeal. Yeah. 
um, frightening, frightening appeal. Like I, <laughs> I don't even want to go there in a way. Cause I know that appeal now. Yes. Um, you know, having things with built-in scarcity that it makes it just kind of awesome. Like there's not many, the internet has ruined the idea mm -hmm. of the arcane, the idea right. that you, you know, there's some secret hidden thing. Yes. And magic kind of retain and anything collectible retains that. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think humans have this kind of weird treasure chest, you know, absolutely. It, it, it tickles that part of our brain. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm big into a couple collectible games. Hmm. I play hero clicks. Right. And I play Dice Masters. Right. And <laughs> you love those little booster packs. Oh my god, they're fun. <laughs> they're like Dice Masters is was there's been a lot of talk when Dice Masters came out because the same company that made Quarriers, which was a, a, a dice building game. Hmm. Um with with you know, much like a living card game and you had the base set and expansions that all work together. Um and it's a fun game. It's yeah. nowhere near as as well uh thought out as Dice Masters, hmm. I think. Um, it, there's just less to do. It's a much easier game. Great for kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, the, the the big thing of Dice Masters is it's a dollar for a booster pack. Right. Oh, that's, and that's, that's the worst. It's such a good price point because oh. I'll go in <laughs> to play Hero how you, Clicks. You, how can you know Yeah, that? and it's like, I got a couple bucks. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll get a couple booster packs and maybe you'll get lucky. And yeah. it's just there's... There's, that's the one thing collectible card games give you is you're playing the game, but you're also playing the lotto at the same exactly. time. Exactly, A very low stakes lotto. And our low denomination money in Canada is coin. Yes. Or one and two dollars are just coin There's based. Coins. So it exactly. feels like nothing. It's like I am, you know what? I'm empty. I'm making myself oh. lighter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I get to open stuff and it's, that is fun. Yeah. Right. And I do. And I think um, when the collectible games, I have, I have a far greater emotional attachment to pieces uh that some hero clicks pieces i have because of how i got them ah. either through trading or through that lucky lucky booster pack purchase mm. where it's like oh, i got remember that, that one yeah That's and you cool. remember that and you remember that fig and you play with it and and you you feel better whereas doom yeah. i like the cards i like the yeah. art i like what they do i don't have that same emotional attachment to any of the cards right uh because they just it, it's it's not i didn't earn them Right. Right. They were just given to me. Yeah. So, and, and I know intellectually the other ones were also just given to me, <laughs> but you feel like yeah. you earned them somehow. So I got Netrunner cards for Father's Day. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know if I'll remember the, you know, like that boosters, exactly. that, that set, that expansion. I'm not going to necessarily think, oh, that was my Father's Day expansion. Yeah. I would, that was exciting and happy and fun to go through them. Yep. But it, yeah, it is funny how the, when you get a singular item or, you know, you might not remember any of the other cards in the booster pack mm -hmm. except the one rare you got mm -hmm. and then that rare that rare has even more mythical quality yeah, yeah. but it's, it's a weird game too that way uh like with hero clicks you go to the the big tournaments where you buy and you get booster packs and there's definite sense around the tables as people are opening up their booster packs that people have won or lost already oh, no. <laughs> just based on what's inside, inside, right? You yeah. know, like, yes, this is the piece I needed. Mm. It's not going to, it's not good. It's not going to help me win this tournament today, Yeah, but it's the one I needed. So I've won. Right. <laughs> right. Whereas other people are like, oh, I've already got this guy. There's, there goes my super rare slot in this fantastic. That's funny. A waste. Or like yeah. the, uh, that recent with the, the magic tournament where the guy got that, you know, super ultra duper rare mm -hmm. thing. And instead of win the tournament, he just kind of went, yeah, I'm going to sell this thing on eBay and maybe not win. Yes. But I'll make, you know, whatever it was, 
close to fifteen thousand or something. Some ridiculous price, yeah. Insanity. When the new ones come out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that me. would be a good day. Yeah. Um. That, and that's. Yeah, I I don't know if there's any. Uh, I guess the, the other perfect thing about the uh, the CCGs is that the aftermarket has totally commodified it for speculators and investors. So it's like a stock market in a way, so, right? Did you calling that a good thing? Oh wait, no, no, that's. <laughs> That's not. I guess if you're a speculator or investor, it's a good thing. Yeah, and and if your stores too, right? Because I know, no, you know my true. my store they spend days opening packs when they first get stuff in. They must be know. happy about it. Let's fill those cabinets back up. Yeah, and people have want lists before because with the internet, you know what cards are in the set before it even comes out. Ah. So they've got want lists already built. So as they're pulling cards, they're already sold. Yeah. Right, and it's a it's a. Good idea. The downside is you've, they've got all those basic lands and and uh, that they're just wasted cards that are literally worthless. Not yeah. worth the paper they're printed on. <laughs> I think the uh, that and, and w- kind of another thing that makes it exciting is that idea of that there is so many cards. Mm-hmm. Like when they you open those up, there's just it's endless. Like I I hunted around because I was trying to figure out a, a number, and you see variable numbers. Yeah, the last one I could see. Uh, seemed reputable was 17,000 distinct magic cards. Uh, that's bananas. That is crazy. I mean, when you compare that to like, you know, like I said, Cthulhu is like maybe 1600 Cthulhu or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, uh, I mean, granted, they've got an extra like 15 years yes. on the game. So that's, you know, if you do it, but that's still 700 unique cards a year for magic. Yeah. That's absolutely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, yeah, it's in Pokemon territory too. Same, like just an absurd yeah. number of cards, 500 plus cards a year. That's, it's awesome and horrible at the same time. Yes. I don't know how I feel about it, really. Yeah. Again, just depends on your take. Yeah. For somebody you, that's like, that's awesome. If you're in a game like that, you're definitely not trying to get all of the cards. Yeah. You're just trying to get the specific cards you need for your style of play. Right. But so the, it's a little bit different in the, the building. The collector in you must kind of be like, well, I, I'd like to try playing with that card. Would you just use dummy cards to try it? Or, and yeah, then you could you proxy, it? but I don't, because you're not like some of the, 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 the very, very rare cards, you're just not going to get. Yeah. You're just not. And if you do get it, you're probably going to sell it so you can get other stuff if you, don't, if you don't want it. Or you bought your way into the it. The downside is with Magic, if you want that card, you probably actually want four copies of that card. Right. And that's <laughs> worse. Yeah, especially if it is difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's tough, man. man. <laughs> that's, the OCD in me, uh, I have come to terms with the fact I'm not going to have every Dice Masters card. And yeah. I'm not going to have every hero click. Right. And I'm okay with that to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Like if the opportunity comes up to get those somehow, you know, I I think about it. When you're popping a pack open, you're thinking. Yeah. Oh, please, please. Yeah. Um, I mean, the overall starting cost for the uh, the CCGs or the collectible mm-hmm. stuff, it seems a little lower. Like, a, you can get a pack of dual decks for, like, 20 yep. bucks or something. Yeah, a Dice Master's starter is less than 15 bucks. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. So, in that sense, they, they really are, like, the drug market. Mm-hmm. It is the, the first hits, yeah. Yeah, it's super cheap. Because um, the, the LCGs, I mean, the base sets are still, you know, 30 to 50 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, range. So... The great, you probably get more mileage out of a base set of an LCG than you do right. out of maybe two decks of magic. 
I'm going to mm-hmm. guess. I don't know. I, I would think you're going to immediately, once you figure it out after a few plays, you're going to want to start building. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on if the pre-built decks are your style of play as well. Because yeah, it might be like, oh, I just like playing this. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Oh. But at the same time, facing the same deck over and over again would be oh, yeah boring. No. Um, yeah, having... And the the big perk is just that that it really established play system like that's part mm-hmm. of part of i was like oh it'd be nice to play magic because there's so many events yes i will not have trouble finding people to play the game with yep. which is that's really nice mm-hmm. um i can see that appeal keeping people in the game i mean yeah it's it's like a it has a religious event thing to it you know like yeah for the big events but even casual play is a lot easier hmm. you know i know the the game store i go to it doesn't matter what night of the week it is. Uh, you'll find somebody to play magic with. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty, nice. That is nice. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the things, I guess, that uh, we might not like so much? I guess a lot of the cons or a lot of pros that we liked about the LCG systems yeah. are kind of cons to the collectible system. So really the inverse. Yeah. And uh, the fact that the, the person with the biggest wallet wins quite yeah. often in these type of things. Right. Um, and that hurts. Yeah. It'd be interesting to, to know, like at a people playing at a competitive level, how much they've spent building their current setup. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it'd be hard to really figure it out over time. They've... You hear reports, you know, of, of people spending thousands of dollars to build their decks at, at the competitive level, hmm. you know, on the idea that they're going to win more back in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, in the LCG market that you're not going to, you, you know how much that guy spent because you know what expansions he has in his deck. Yeah. <laughs> and you and just have to add up the retails. Looking at one of the stores here that's kind of sold everything together, mm-hmm. including sleeves. Yep. I mean, even if you're playing Lord of the Rings, Call of Cthulhu, Game of Thrones, which is now closed, I mean, you're still spending in, you know, sub or around a thousand bucks. Probably on well sub, depending where you yep. are. So and that's every card ever made. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. And. Yeah, you can take your time mm-hmm. even nibbling away at that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a good thing. But then, um, you know, with the the CCGs, yeah. One other thing that I'm not fully happy with is that there's not a lot of room for competition in the market. I feel like right. I mean, how many new CCGs come out? Yeah, I mean, there's the glut of CCGs in the late '90s, early 2000s when everything had a collectible card game yeah where in fact most of the lcgs are based on properties exactly <laughs> that came out in this time period yeah uh and yeah i mean magic dominates and then you've got pokemon and then there's others yeah like you if know. you go to asia there's there's more yeah it seems bigger support mm-hmm. for some of it um but it's yeah, I don't know. It's I, hard just to find shelf space. That's a nowadays. good one. Yeah. yeah, and do stores want to support something that might just disappear very quickly? Yeah. And are you just diluting your market? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It'd be I'd be a really hard sell to a publisher now to yeah. say, hey, I've got this great idea for a collectible game. No. And and the truth is, Magic's a really good system. Right. And Pokemon is basically that exact same system. Yeah, just different demographic. Yeah. So it's really hard to compete with a game yeah. that's set up that well, mm-hmm. that has that history. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll see more. I know there's some new ones in the pipe. I think at some point, you know, like a lot of the, the 
ones that are now living card games were collectible games mm -hmm. and just converted over mm -hmm. really smart decision business wise yeah. i'm sure um but at some point with everything going into this living system i think some of the pros or the some of the positive aspects of the collectible thing mm -hmm. will cause a resurgence at some point yeah you know 10 years from now or maybe even a few years months from now who knows but at some point um kids that are getting into gaming will hear about the collectible aspect of it or see something or yeah. really they'll want to do it or they'll go out and design something because there's just going to be this kind of itch that is not getting scratched yeah. by the the living systems yeah um, i can see that it's all waves yep and the uh the current market just seems to be a, a wave littered with the corpses of collectible systems yes <laughs> Yeah, I think there was a case of too much too soon. I think if a a new collectible card game, uh, like look at My Little Pony, even as a success, mm -hmm. right? That was a property that I don't think people thought was going to be a successful right. collectible card game, but it found its niche and it 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 did a really good job of marketing itself directly to the buyers. Well, it had a big machine behind it. That's the big one too. Yeah, that helps too. It's not yeah, going to be a tiny little money. house. Yeah, and that's uh. That helps yeah. when you're putting something like that out. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't... If Magic was going to die, it would have died by now. Oh, yeah. 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 It's it's at the point now where it's its own living, breathing thing. Yeah. Um, I know... I'm sure there are people that have successfully played Magic for years. Mm -hmm. I, th there's a definite burnout rate, though, for CCGs. Yeah. Um, even like I, I know in HeroClix, people come and go all the time. Because hmm. it's just... It's too hard. There's releases... Every couple of months, major releases, and it's just so hard to keep up on that treadmill of just putting over money over and over and over yeah. again, hoping to get the good pieces, well, hoping they, to get enough to trade they out. They finally overcome their gambling addiction. Um, yeah. And, and they, 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 they leave the market. They, they just burn out, you know, and they leave the market. But they often come back. You're right. Because they need the fix. They had fun. Yeah. And they think, this time I'll do it differently. And I... I Another thing I guess that's difficult is the uh, the potential for, um, you know, errata and all that to just grow out of, like, you have yeah. more errata on your shelf than game yeah. because you're just trying to keep up with the metagame and all of the weird mm -hmm. things that happen and mm -hmm. unpredictable card interactions that weren't play tested and... Yep. It must be bananas, Yeah, the rule sets for some of these. Like, Heroclix, you were telling me, like, the yeah. rules are already... Yeah, if you were to print out all of the rules from their website now, and and the story I play at, somebody did that. It's a it's a six inch binder now, that's crazy, and that's insane. And it's uh, most collectible card games are difficult to get into because there is no one place where all the rules are written. Right, you have to just know a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of verbiage, <laughs> right? And again, there's no, you know, when I when I sit down at a table and I'm playing HeroClix, and somebody beside me is playing Magic, yeah. It's like they're speaking a different language. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, when I go to teach somebody Heroclix that hasn't played it before, I realize, oh, God, I'm speaking a different language. Yeah. You know, because all games have their verbiage, but games yeah. that have been around for a decade yeah. plus tend to have I've accumulated a lot more. It would be fun to have a microphone at a game store on one of these mixed nights where yes. you've got all kinds of games going on just to hear the kinds of words getting thrown around. It is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and it's and when you start saying things like no no there's a difference between when this character can use something and when they possess a power right there's totally different <laughs> meanings you have to know yeah a lot of parsing so that's the thing yeah it, it's it's 
sometimes the CCGs, the collectible models are harder to get into because the successful collectible models have been around a long time and there's just a weird, almost cult-like understanding of by everybody else. <laughs> You're the outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it seems... I You know, I think there's room for both of these things. I think so. I, they're, they're, they're very different things in yeah. my mind um, for the same thing. I think... I think limited card games and the their ilk appeal more to board game players yeah. because it's very easy to understand, oh, that's the base, and then you buy expansions. Right. And the expansions subtly change how the base plays. Okay, I can get on board with that. And so if you treat it that way, uh, it works. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, they've also both done a great job of keeping uh, Eric Lang and, and people like Mike yeah. Elliott employed. <laughs> yes. like this, this really could have been called the Eric Lang podcast. Yeah, there's uh, what, which system has he not touched that we talk? Maybe Netrunner, <laughs> like it's, it's bananas, and the Richard Garfield. Yeah, like there, it's crazy how a few individuals have mm-hmm. really changed this whole world of gaming, mm-hmm. um, and continue to. It's yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, but yeah, that would that would be a whole podcast unto itself. Yes. I think <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, I I having played Magic now, mm-hmm. you know, it being a, a it's almost embarrassing to admit that I have never played up to this point again. Just it's ha- weird because you were the right age group. Too. I was. Yeah. No, you know what? I went to college. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. That ruins a lot of things. Yeah. I, I took up uh, um, meeting my wife and drinking. Right. And that just took over the room I had for playing games. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking, uh, yeah. Cause I started in 93 when magic started uh, and it was in yeah, 93, 94, around 95 when I met my wife that I also stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I turned 19 in yeah. 93. So yeah. Ugh, wrong year. Wrong year. So yeah. yeah, I think that's what it was. I just missed it when it started. And then I looked at it out of the corner of my eyes yes. after that. Because it got big. Yeah. And I just went, eh, I don't know if I want to yeah. be that guy with the trench coat at that time period. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be, you know what I mean? There was a kind of a stigma attached yeah, to the absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I've had a lot of fun playing it since mm-hmm. then. It's a good system. It really is. It's yeah. a lot less arcane than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I assumed just from the size and mm-hmm. everything that it would be a lot more difficult to play it. Not the case. I can see yeah. why it's an easy entry system and people get quickly into it one thing i think they did great in the system is the lore really built itself slowly over the releases right um and i think they they sort of doubled down on the lore more Hmm. um after i got out but at the time there you know they would introduce pieces of lore through the releases Hmm. as as the flavor text on the cards Hmm. um i think in sometime in the 2000s they said hey we can license a lot of this stuff Hmm. and double down on a lot of the lore right um so i don't know if it's continued that way but at first it was really nice how you'd get these you know a new set would come out and you're buying blind boosters so you're getting random cards and you're sort of piecing together this uh, this history of this universe right. that you're playing in. So now they're handing the out the, the metagame in a more kind I of imagine, I think, way. yeah, and that's where you get things like the licensing the movie in. Which makes a lot more sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll see. I mean, they definitely created a universe and, yeah. and a, a system within that for playing in that universe. And the living games have done a fine job of trying emulating that, I think. Yeah. Of consciously building out, you know, the being careful about the mechanics, mm-hmm. being careful about not breaking the system and then building out a lot of metagame, building yeah. a lot of flavor, telling, trying to tell a story as much as you can, mm-hmm. even with a name, you know, game like Netrunner, really trying to create a narrative mm-hmm. that's going on. 
Um, I don't yeah. know where they're going with all these things, but it's fun. It's just fla- like Doomtown, every expansion, you get a little written part it's, of the story. It's great. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 just flavor. You know, mm-hmm. it's nice because then when you see the characters on the cards, you feel like you know a little more about them. Right. But it's still, you're never going to be as emotionally attached well, as... Well, you're not crying when they got shot at going, you know, yeah. to the wrong <laughs> location at noon. Whereas, yes, if you just pulled your big heavy hitter magic card out that you paid $1,000 for... And you get smoked. And it gets smoked right away, then there might be tears. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, regardless, all fun playing either of them. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what else is going to come out in the next while here as these, you know, relatively new ideas mm-hmm. evolve. It'll be fun. I think so. We'll see what else, what other living systems come out of this. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't see dice coming, so who knows what's next. You know, I don't think I've played a game of Magic in like five years, and all this talk now, it it's got, making me want to go play. Got a couple of decks waiting. Yeah. We, should, uh, we should wrap this up and go do that. Sounds good, man. All right. Until next week. Uh, you're James. You're Jeff. Mm-hmm.